0: So that said, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Now, many of you are going to be doing practice cases with McKinsey, Bain, BCG, Rollenberger, Booz partners, and consultants, and so on. And of many of you, this is very exciting, right? I understand that interviews are coming up, and you're scrambling all over the place to plan these practice interviews. Now, assuming your strategy for planning the practice interviews is layered, something I discussed in another podcast, and that's an important point, assuming you are not going to do these interviews with consultants to learn how to do interviews but you're going to practice which is two different concepts if you approach a mckinsey person and you're still learning how to do interviews it's going to be a horrible experience you must go to practice and they are different and make sure you're in the right stage of your preparation when you go to do these interviews assuming you've got those things covered i want to talk to you about my own experience right so this morning i did a call with someone from a business school in the northeast i'm not going to name the school a nice candidate i thought very friendly English was not the candidate's first language, he was of Italian descent, but he was a very nice guy, you know, very friendly, bubbly personality, makes funny little jokes throughout the cases, and I I liked him. And he did something that made me dislike him. And let me tell you what he did. So we were doing a case on deregulation, and I was explaining to him the logic of how you structure cases. Now, the way he was solving the cases were very, very weak. He was memorizing frameworks and was trying to teach him how to do brainstorming and so on, right? And I went through this sort of 15-minute detailed description of how to structure it why I made this decision, how I did this step, why I didn't do this step. It was quite detailed. And it was probably more detailed than I've done with most people because I felt because of his language, I had to repeat things. I also had to go slower, things that I would take for granted with an English-speaking candidate I didn't take for granted with him. So I explained everything in a lot of steps. And then I explained to him, okay, do you understand how to do this? And he said, yes. And I said, okay, go back to this step and tell me what you need to do. Then he said, okay, can you repeat everything? I didn't take notes. Now let me tell you something. If you go into a session and you don't take notes, there is nothing that upsets someone who's helping you more than to hear the fact that, well, repeat everything you've said. This is an extreme case, but I get this with a lot of our own clients as well, whereby I'll explain something to them in detail and i ask them, okay, have you taken notes? Then they say, no. Can you repeat that? Now, it's firstly disrespectful, I think, when someone's helping you and you're not taking notes. Second, It's even worse when you've worked with us many times and you know how important note-taking is to the approach. And third, if someone's giving you advice, if you don't have the propensity to take notes, I mean, what are you going to do? And it's not as if we don't want to help. It's more the question of we don't even remember what we've said. We're covering so much material and then we've got to remember what we've said, which makes it very difficult for us to operate. So what I would say is that when you are talking to someone or practicing cases, make sure that you have a mechanism set up to take notes correctly there is nothing more annoying than someone who cannot take notes correctly firstly if someone doesn't take notes it's irritating but i have been in sessions with people whereby we will repeat something up to six times to them and each time we're telling them look you've got to take better notes and we'll repeat it we'll repeat it we'll repeat it and after the sixth time you just got to give up right and i actually had a session like that today whereby i focused on one point just a two-line statement on someone it's a very important way of phrasing a case. I told him, this is what you need to say at this point. Whenever you get to this junction in the case, this is what you need to say. And I kept on repeating it. And eventually after the sixth time, I said, you know what? Two things is a problem. Either you can't take notes. Either you can't take notes and you can't remember what to say. Either you can take notes, you can't remember what to say, but your communication is just poor. Three things could be wrong, but I don't know what it is. My guess is that you probably can't take notes. You are not thinking clearly and you're under a lot of pressure. But the point is this. I don't know what the problem is. And at some point, you have to move on. Imagine if I was in a consulting firm and someone was doing this practice with me, right? I'd be pretty frustrated. I'm not sure I would be enticed to refer them to a consulting firm for an interview. So make sure that when you go into practice sessions, you don't do these very ridiculous things, right? So taking feedback, I think, is very important. The technique to take feedback. Make sure you take notes. Make sure you're able to use the notes. And make sure you're proactive in taking those notes. It's a very simple thing, but I think candidates are not following it hard enough. And they're not being disciplined. And in some cases, they are being disrespectful in the way they are doing this. So if you are doing cases, just make sure you do not make this problem. And that's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed doing the episode. Finally, I want you to remember that the only way to get access to our special offers, the only way to get our special pricing, and the only way to get samples of our content is to join the list on firmsconsulting.com.